0: Alright, how many are ready for a mission service? Make some noise! Come on, you all happy to be in church today? You all happy to be here? You happy to be here? Yes. You pumped? Yeah. Come on, this is one of my favorite services of the year. These beautiful folk right here are now here in our presence in our midst. Before they come up, I want to tell you my heart as a pastor, what I think about missionaries. And I'm going to get sassy, so go ahead and take it. To hell with every sports star false idol. To hell with every musician and entertainer. These are the heroes of our culture. These are the heroes of our culture. This picture should be on your children's wall. To hell with Transformers. Now listen to me. I watch movies and sports and all that. But listen to me. These pictures should be on our walls. This is what our children should inspire to do. This is what we want. Are you listening to me? I am tired of this world looking up to Angelina and Jolie and these folks who make all this money off their adultery and then go to Africa and give a few dollars. They haven't even tithed. Are you listening to me? It's not generosity. It's selfishness. The world needs self-dying, self-sacrificing people who will give it all up for Jesus. That's what we need. That's what's going to motivate you to go on your job tomorrow and to say to God, be the glory through what I do. Not some bozo on their way to hell that can take a bat and hit a ball over a fence. That ain't your role model. This is your role model. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. Are you listening to me, young men? Little Wayne is not your role model. Little Gene is your role model. That is your role model. Be like him. Young ladies, Nicki Minaj is not your role model. Mariah Carey is not your role model. A woman of Zion birthing nations, Tisa is your role model. This is what we need in this land again. Do you not understand America's most of their Ivy League colleges were established to be Bible schools and mission-sending places? Harvard, Princeton, and Yale. There used to be a time when the most greatest call someone could receive on their life was to go preach the gospel to the unreached people of the land not sending our pornography from America to these other nations, not sending our perverted dance music in our movies, not those things. We should be known in this land for sending out missionaries who say, whether by life or by death, to God be the glory. People that look at them and say, if I can't go, my money will go with you. My prayers will go with you. My support will go with you so that the lamb who was slain may receive the reward of his suffering." I am so tired of churches propping up gospel singers that can't live holy, authors of books that don't know victory and get pimp slapped by the devil by sin and all of this. And then we push to the side our missionaries and treat them as less than because they don't have a fancy ministry, a fancy Facebook page. To hell with lukewarm ministry and let's make on fire ministry our goals again. Let's make it about reaching people again. Let's make it about laying down our lives again. Do you guys not understand when I say to hell? I'm not just trying to be sassy. I mean it. It will burn in the fire. These things will not last. Babe Ruth's record. Look at Isaiah. Look at Ezekiel. The wicked will be forgotten. You've been to funerals, and I've been to one, too. They asked me to do one on uh, uh, Wicker Park when I was preaching out there. This lesbian lady, God bless her, she had enough sense to get a real preacher to come do her grandpa's funeral. I said, I'll do it. I just met her on the street. She said, you look like a good enough preacher for me. Will you come do my grandpa's funeral? I said, I'll do it. And I went there. It was one of the nicest funerals I've ever been to. Lots of wealth and money. And the man was buried with his bear's uh, blankie. The guy had a blankie. I don't know, but they buried him with it on a casket a bear's blanket over him, And, and then someone came up and sang a Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way, and dedicated it to him. And I said, if he did it his way, he's in hell. But I want you to listen to me. When I was there at that funeral, and I was thinking about that man with that bear's thing, that thing's going to turn to dust, sir. That is forgotten. This is what the Bible says, in eternity the wicked are remembered no more. You will not be in heaven or upon this new earth. Talking about some joker who could take a rubber ball and put it through an iron hoop. Are you listening? You will tell the stories of our missionaries. You will be talking to this young child right here at the Lamb, uh, the Supper of the Lamb. And you ask this child, how does you know Jesus? That will mean more to you than anything you have ever done in this world. Are you listening to me? I believe that. I believe that. Now, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm going to tell you how much I believe that. I was asked to go to Pakistan and preach the gospel. And God told me when I went to get the visa, he said, you ready to die? And I said, God, that ain't you. That's the devil. Get out of my life, Satan. And God said, it's me talking to you. Are you ready to die? And I said, God, but I have children. He said, who gave them to you? He said, if it wouldn't have been for me, you would have died as a sinner at 18 years old when that drug overdose happened in your life. When that gun was pulled on you twice, I could have died. Listen, and this is what God said to me. You would have died and went to hell, and you would have begged me to be a martyr for me. Just one more chance, God. One more chance, God. Let me out of here, God. One more chance. I'll live any life you want me to live. I'll be persecuted. I'll go to Auschwitz. I will suffer any which way. Just one more chance to live for you. And God said, what if I gave you that chance and you're here now? And I gave you a family, and I gave you a legacy, and here's what I ask now. You give back your life. You give it back now. Are your children your idol, or am I your God? And I filled out that passport and that visa, and it got rejected, and I couldn't go. But the Lord told me, pass the test. Pass the test. Now, listen to me. That's not it. That wasn't the hardest one. This is the hardest one. On a prayer walk, God said, will you send Lucas, your boy, to go? Will you send your daughter, Bethany, to go? Here, they've had guns pulled on them. They have faced robbers, persecution. They've been in Mozambique. Now they're in South Africa. They've been in war-torn countries. And God said, would you send your daughter to go? And I said, the first prayer walk, I said, no, I can't. Not unless it's a different place. Not unless it's a different way. I can't send my children there, God. They will be with me here in this country, not over there. They can't can't go die for them. That's what God had to deal with me on. Second prayer walk, I felt the Lord say, will you send children to go? And I said, yes, Lord. And there was no response from him. No response. Prayer walk ended. Days, weeks, months went on. And then one day I will cry. I I cried last time I told this. One day I was in my office or in my bedroom doing my prayer time and study. My children are in the backyard praying, a plane. And I hear the noise of them playing outside. And I then hear the Lord say to me, do you hear the joy of your children in your house? And I said, yes. And he said, you will give them the joy of a father's house And when they go to the mission field and they are rejected and they are hurt and people do not love them or do not want to hear from them and they possibly lay down their life, they will remember there's a father in heaven that loves them because you are a father to them every day. And those laughters, that that laughter they had as children in the backyard will motivate their heart to tell the world there's a father who loves them. I want to tell you this is not a game to me. This is the real deal. Now, they're going to come up, make you laugh. They're going to be a lot lighter than I just was. They're not going to preach like this. They're a very kind, humble couple. But I just had to straighten some things out in this church and in this city because I'm so tired of it. I'm just tired of it. I know there's a world dying and going to hell. I've seen the pictures. Some of you get, can't even look at the news anymore. There's a world that's dying and going to hell. Our missionaries are suffering around the world. They say right now the first uh, Chinese missionaries are dying in the Middle East. That's a whole nother story. Persecuted Christians in China are growing faster than any place in the world. And what are they doing? Are they running out of China to go to America to find freedom? They are sending missionaries to North Korea and the Middle East, and they are being persecuted and killed even right now. One just was Put into the news last week. Pay attention. Persecutedchurch.com or Martyr, martyrs.com. But listen to me. When they preach to you and they speak to you, will you open up your heart to them? Will you open up your wallet to them? We have given all of our offerings to them this month for the goal of 2,500. And will you, and I beg you of this as a church, will you teach your children to pray for them? Will you teach your children to pray for these children here in the areas that they work in, that the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine so bright and be so attractive that the world will have to come and see. Amen. Let's give it up for Jean and Tisa, Nicole, all the way from South Africa.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. I feel the Holy Ghost here. (laughs) Oh, you're in trouble this morning. (laughs) I'm going to give it to my wife, otherwise she's never going to get the microphone.
2: No, we're so, so blessed. Oh, you know, yeah, we're just little, little lovers of Jesus, guys, you know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to t- tear down what he just did, but, you know, it, I'm just a little lady that just loves Jesus, you know, and every day we're 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 so honored that, that he would use our little lives, you know, and, and what he does best is he multiplies, and he uses the weak and foolish things, and he can change nations as we just love the person in front of us, amen, and he planted us in Africa, and so... Um, I want to share just one testimony. I'll give you like a really brief overview because that sometimes helps when he tells stories so you'll understand. And I know um, uh, Pastor Joe and Nancy have been telling you, you know, different things. We do oversee a, a beautiful children's village in South Africa. Um, we had been working for five years in Mozambique, at a very large children's center, a l- very large orphanage. Um, and yeah. So the I mean, it's just the felt need of 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 Africa, you know, um, with the HIV, with um uh, the poverty, you know, children are abandoned and orphaned, and you know, yeah, it just is what love looks like. and so um in 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 laying down our lives in that way, he also put a dream in our hearts to be able to see family-based care. And so that's why, you know, we moved from Mozambique to South Africa eight years ago because a piece of property had been built or or purchased, sorry, and there were four homes on that property already built, ready, and um, they needed, you know, they needed a couple to come and help pioneer, you know, this vision to be able to have a new children's village. And so um, Heidi and Roland Baker asked us to pray about it. We went down for a visit um, and instantly, God just gave us, you know, a language for something that had been in our hearts that we never completely understood until it, it it stared at us in the face with these beautiful homes and being able to fight for the family, you know, for these children, a forever family. Not, you know, just 40 kids, you know, in a dormitory with, with rotating staff, but we're talking a forever Family for these precious ones and I just want to share one little testimony if you'll take her honey Because I have to point to this little angel up here This little gal right here Three years ago Three and like three months She was born the day. She was born. She was wrapped in a bloody skirt left on the side of a tavern to die You know, um, yeah, she was one kilo, she was left to die. She was left in a trash, you know, um, on on the side of the the tavern, you know, and the police were called. Um, They didn't think she'd survive. They rushed her to the hospital. Um, One nurse told me that she had died and she came back. And so we got the phone call maybe after she had been in the hospital for a month and she had gained some weight. And so now she was two kilos or about four pounds, five pounds. Um, got the phone call um, about bringing her home to to MCV. And, you know, it, it's just... It's why we do what we do. That day, I brought one of our house mothers, Mama Doris, with me to go pray for her at the hospital. She wasn't healthy enough to be able to come to us, but we were going to, you know, just go and pray for her. And, and, and I brought Mama Doris in, and I watched Mama Doris look at this baby and lay hands on her, and, and I saw it happen. I saw, you know, I saw her become her daughter, and, and so this is, you know, this is what we live for. Now, you know, that, that little girl has her last name. I, I, we have a birth certificate that says Mama Doris is her mother, you know? So it, it's beautiful. And now she's fat, happy, gorgeous baby. Oh, by the way, she also tested positive for HIV when she was, you know, in the hospital. But guess what she is now? She's HIV negative. Thank you, Jesus. It's <clears throat> happened 3 times guys 3 times but we're not happy with that because we have all these other babies that are still testing, you know, HIV positive. So pray with us. We want to be an HIV free zone. <laughs> we want we want, you know, all the broken little babies to come and watch Jesus heal them. And we have a many kids that our hearts are still breaking for because they continue, you know, to test positive, but we're just going to keep praying and still believing and Yeah, so I could just tell you story after story, but that's a little window of what we do. We also have a beautiful community ministry um, in our, our township where we have a Bible school to be able to raise up leaders and church planners for South Africa. We have a feeding program. It's just what love, you know, got a lot of needy, you know, folks in our community. So we feed people Monday through Friday. Um, once a day at 3 o'clock, and we do discipleship for those that come. It's really awesome. Um, we have a preschool. Someday we want to have a beautiful Christian school in the community that's free and, you know, just really providing an amazing education for children because that's another really scary part of our area, you know, 70, 90 kids to one classroom, one teacher. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, hi. Yeah. There's <laughs> yes, there I did cover the Bible school, but then another area that is so cool is um, one of our missionaries a few years ago just wanted to go and pass out roses to the, the ladies working on the street, the prostitutes, and there's this one street in our community that's known for all the brothels, and so she went there with a few others, and that night they got invited into a brothel, and they they the guy that was in charge... Um, invites all the ladies working, and the Holy Spirit just fell. And, yeah, we've been in that brothel now for almost five years. You know, it's our church in the brothel. We go there twice a week just to love on whoever's going to come. And, yeah, it's awesome. We've seen many, many ladies come off the streets, some of them even going into our Bible school. How awesome. Amen? So now we just planted another church at another area where the ladies were working the truck stop. And so we've been at, you know, we've had that church going on for about a year now. So God is just exploding and we're just so honored and so privileged. Um, and, and it always encourages me when I think of Metro Praise because you guys are out there shining for him and doing what love looks like for Chicago. And I mean, ah, it just gets me so excited because um, yeah, I don't know of any other church that can get 150 people out on the streets for, you know, to reach people, you know, for the, the outreach you guys just did. I mean, ugh. so you guys are our heroes, you know, and we can just share that privilege. Amen. Hallelujah. So thank you,
1: Hallelujah. She can preach, too. Come on. God is no respecter of persons. (laughs) Glory to Jesus. Uh, Looks like I'm a little overdressed for this morning. I'm actually undercover. If there's any religious spirits here, they're going to be gone by the time I leave. (laughs) For the kingdom of God, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Then the kingdom of God is within you. It's in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wow. So this picture here, this is our, um, our Christmas outreach that my wife puts on for the kids. We'll have between three and 400 kids, and we give goodie bags and gifts to all the kids that come in. And we just share the love of Jesus. And, and at these outreaches, there'll be 50 to 100 that will give their heart to the Lord. So seeds are planted at an early age. You know, my wife and I, we, we really love what we do. It's, it's who we are. And I just want to thank you, Pastor Joe and Nancy, for inviting us here this morning. Um, we're excited to be here. I want to read a scripture from the Passion Translation. I was talking to, to Pastor Joe about this. Uh, Dr. Brian Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, I took my first missions trip with him to the Philippines in 2002. And so I'm having Romans here, um, and I just want to share Romans 1, 11, and 12 with you. And it says, I yearn, Paul says, I yearn to come to you to be face-to-face with you and to get to know you. For I long to impart to you the gift of the Spirit that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. Now, this means that when we come together in our side by side, something wonderful will be released. We can expect to be co-encouraged and co-comforted by each other's faith. Hallelujah. So I'm really encouraged by what you guys are doing here in Chicago. It's an amazing work that you're doing. And what I want to talk today, this morning about is the great commandment. The great commandment. If you have your Bibles or your app or, or, or whatever, it's, it's found in Matthew 22, verses 35 through 40. The great commandment. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And you you have it in your, your, your mission statement. You know... All we do is we love God and we love people. It's, it's really this walk in Christianity is not that difficult. It's about loving God and loving people. It's that simple. Love God and love people. But when I, when I look at this and what Jesus says, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the problem is most people don't love themselves because they don't see their created value. They don't see that they're important to God. They don't have their identity found in Christ. If you go back to Genesis in chapter one, 26 and 27, you'll see that you were created in the image of God. You were created in his likeness, which means you were created to be just like him. It means you're beautiful. It means you're gorgeous. It means you're intelligent. It means you're brilliant. It means you have creative power in your words because in the beginning, God spoke and the heavens were. And if you're created in his image, in his likeness to be just like him, think about that. I want you to go home tonight and meditate on the fact that you were created in the very image of God. That means you have great value. That means you have great purpose. You are intelligent. You're brilliant. You're loving. You're caring. You're kind. You're compassionate. You're gentle. You're patient. Because you were created in the image of the one who created the whole universe. We don't go out to the streets to evangelize just to get people in the church. We want to see them get transformed into the image of the one who created us. (laughs) Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but through me. So the reason Jesus came was to reconcile us back to the Father, back to the image of the one we were created in. It's why you're here. And you know what? 1 John 4, 8 says that God is love. And if God is love and you were created in his image, that means you were created for love. Your purpose is to love God and love people. It's that simple. But in order, and it's not just enough to receive God's love. When we get born again, we become a new creation in Christ. All the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We're new creations. I'm no longer the old gene before 1990, April 28th. I was a drug addict, an alcoholic. I was not a good person. But when I got born again, I became a new creation. All the old things are passed away. All things become new. I went to see a shrink shortly after I got saved. He said, people like you will never become better. You'll never become a productive member of society, is what he told me. I told that to my pastor. He said, that's a lie from the very pit of hell, and I rebuke that in Jesus' name. He said, you're a new creation. All the old things passed away. All things become new. Now I'm ambassador for Christ, and I stand righteous. I stand as a son righteous before him because of what Jesus did at the cross, because he shed his blood, and he redeemed me. The Bible tells us, though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. I'm a son. I'm created in the image of God, in his very likeness, to be just like him. So it's not just enough to receive his love. I must become love. I must become love. I must be his hands and his feet with every person we come in contact with. We've had the privilege, we've been in the States since March 2nd, traveling around the United States, just loving God, loving people, wherever we go. Whether it's at a Starbucks, whether it's with family, we love God and we love people. You know, in First John, chapter, not First John, but in John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus talks about the great commandment. Turn with me there. About loving God and loving people. John 15, in verse 12, says, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command. So we're commanded. To love one another. And then Jesus goes on to say, there's no greater act of love that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And then he goes on to say, you are my friends if you do whatever I command. Do you want to be a friend of God? Love God and lay down your life. Lay down your life. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him and what he did for us. And Jesus was not only prophesying about his death, him laying down his life, but he was prophesying to us that when we lay down our lives, we become a friend of God. And there's no greater act of love that a man would lay down his life for his friends. If we read in the beginning of John chapter 15, it talks about three levels of bearing fruit. You bear fruit, you bear more fruit, and you bear much fruit. But here... Towards the end of the chapter, if we keep on reading in verse 15, it says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Hmm. That whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. So the fourth level of bearing fruit is bearing fruit that remains. It's your Course 201, Disciples Making Disciples. It's your fruit that remains and keeps bearing more fruit. In season and out of season. We bear fruit because we're connected to the vine, because we're walking with Jesus, because when we get up in the morning, and I tell you what, I get up in the morning, I have my glass of water, and as I drink my glass of water, I say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. It's a conscious act of faith. Holy Spirit, fill me up. We're connected. We're having fellowship. We're having communion. We're having koinonia. We walk with him and talk with him every single day. It's why we're alive. It's our purpose. It's to love God and love people. The great commandment. In the Old Testament, there were 613 commandments they had to follow. Now we have two it's love God and love people, love your neighbor as yourself. What did Jesus say? If you want to be my disciple, Matthew 16, 24, what's the first thing you have to do? Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow him. The most important relationship you have is your vertical relationship with your king. And then the horizontal relationship with the body of Christ. This is your cross. This is your cross take up your cross daily, but the first thing, if you want to be a disciple, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you have to deny yourself. Two years ago, January 1st, I was at our prayer house in South Africa, and the Lord spoke a word to me. He said, metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. I said, Lord, is that for me personally? He says, it's not only for you, it's for the body of Christ. It's for the church. The church needs to undergo a metamorphosis. It needs to undergo a transformation of the way she does things. We need to become transformed into the very image, into the very nature of the one who created us. And that can only happen as we become a people of the word of God as we abide in the vine as we walk and we talk with Jesus daily that's how that happens i'm telling you there's nothing i would rather do than what we do now and the just to be able to share the good news wherever we go that first missions trip i took in 2002 i didn't have a call to the nations i didn't think but when I went out on the mission field and I went and I saw people get saved, I saw people get healed. I said, this is what I was created for. This is what I was created for. This is my purpose. It's to share the love, to shine the light with everyone I contact, come in contact with. It's why we're alive. It's why we're here. We're to be light in the community wherever we go. Where to shine for Jesus. You know, I, I was reading in Philippians, it, chapter 2, verse 14, it says, do all things without complaining or murmuring. All things. Without but then if you read verse 15, can you go to, can you go to verse 15? Philippians 2:15. Please, Holy Ghost. There's a reason we do that. Do all things without murmurings and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So when you complain and you murmur and you grumble and you backbite, it dims your light. That's why Paul says, do all things, all things. So your light can shine. The church needs to be a happy place. The kingdom of God. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We're not burned out Christians. We've been traveling. We've put on 11,500 miles on my father-in-law's car. We've been traveling around the country. We're not tired. We're not burned out off the mission. Because we're filled with the Holy Ghost. And he restores us and he renews us and he strengthens us because we're in Christ. We know who our identity is in. It's not in what we do. It's in Christ. It's not in our circumstances or what is happening around us. It doesn't determine who we are. I'm telling you, all of chaos is breaking out back in South Africa where we are. We have more problems and challenges and stuff that's going on. But we're above that because we're seated with him in the heavenly places, far above, far above all principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Seated with him. I don't even like to use the word problems anymore. I say challenges, opportunities to overcome. You know, the, the angel spoke to John. The things in the seven churches, he spoke three things. He who has an ear to hear, I know your works, and to him who overcomes. You're never going to become an overcomer unless you have something to overcome. Your challenges and the difficulties you're going through now are not to destroy you, but they're to strengthen you, and they're to build you up, that you can walk with him. It's why we're here. It's why you're here. You know, it was written in the book, Psalm 139, verse 16, that you would be here today. That I would be here today. That my wife and I would be here. And our kids. We haven't been here in nine years. All the days they were written in the book. You have a purpose. It's not by chance you're here, hearing this message. We need to know who we are. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That's the greatest act of love. When the father sent the son to restore us, to reconcile us back to the image, the very nature of our father. What happened when Adam and Eve, they sinned? They lost the nature. The Bible says they die. It says when they eat, they're going to die. But they didn't die. What, they, what happened is they lost the very nature. They lost the glory of God. They were clothed with the glory of God. It's why when they sinned, they realized they were naked because they lost the glory. They lost the image. They lost the nature of the one they were created in. And Jesus came to restore us back to that image, back to the nature, and clothe us with glory. So the prayer of John 17 is going to be answered one day. And we're going to help usher that in. I see an army here. Can I, can I ask the, the, the Rachel, come on up. I feel the Holy Ghost wants to minister to you. Mm. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I want you guys to meditate on Genesis 1, 27, when you have time. That you were created in the image, in the very nature of God. And you were created to have dominion. That means you were created to rule and reign. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory for Chicago. It's Christ in you. It's knowing who you are in Christ, knowing whose you are. You were bought and paid for with a price. And there was no greater act of love than what Jesus did when he laid down his life. And that was to restore us back to the image, back to the nature, back to the one who created us so that we can become just like him. We can become his hands and feet. Your job is to love God and love people. That's all we do as missionaries. You guys have a mission field right here. Wherever you go, it's your mission field. You are an ambassador for Christ. And your job is to reconcile people back to their father. That's your job. Reconcile them back to their father. I've been reading the book of Romans since we've been in America like over and over and over. And I don't not quite sure of the reference, but I keep seeing it's his goodness and his kindness that leads to repentance. It's the goodness and the kindness that leads to repentance. We have a good father. We have a merciful father. And he desires that none would perish. So my prayer this morning is that everyone would come into their identity, their purpose, and they would see their created value. You were all bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. You have great value. Every single person here, young and old, has great value and importance in the kingdom. There's not one that has more than another. You have the same price tag. It's not like you're going to Walmart and there's 17,000 different price tags. You were bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Created in his image and his likeness to be just like him. To be his hands, to be his feet, to be his mouth, to shine your light, his light, to a lost and dying generation. Honey, can you come up? We want to open up the altars. If you're staying for the second service, I'm going to talk about transformation that happens through renewing the mind. But we first need, in order to do this great commission that Jesus has commissioned us to do. We have to know who we are. We have to know whose we are. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. In Matthew chapter 28, the great commission. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He transferred that to us when he said, go. He says, I have the authority. Go in my authority. Go in my power. He said, all authority has been given to me. So how much authority does the devil have if Jesus has it all? He has none. Zero. Zero. The only authority that he has is when you come into agreement with his lies. And that's why we need to be a people of the word of God. So we can rightly discern truth. greater love has no man than this, then he would lay down his life. If you're here today, there's some that have a call to actually go into nations and foreign countries. I want you to come up here and stand on the left. If you feel a call to the nations outside of Chicago or outside of the area where you live, I want you to come over here and stand to the left. And then my wife, She had a word for single mothers. If there's any single moms, we want you to come over here to the right. We wanna minister to you, especially. We're not in a hurry. Pastor Joe promised he would take the mic at 10.30, but we're not in a hurry. We will stay here. We will minister to every single person. He said, the only way I will get to keep the mic after 10.30 is if he's slain in the Holy Ghost. So get him, Lord. <laughs> Woo! Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then anyone else, if you like prayer for healing, if you having trouble stepping into your identity as who you are, just come forward. We would love to pray for you. And, and, and if we can invite Pastor Joe to come up, any uh, ministry team that you guys might have. I believe the script, first scripture I read in Romans 1, 11, Paul's longing when he said, I long to come To see you that I might impart some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That we could be co-comforted and co-encouraged in one another. I tell you what, when we got together the other day, I was encouraged. I was comforted. I was strengthened just by the testimonies of this man. And I'm sure likewise, back and forth. But the reason Paul wanted to go was there would be an impartation i believe the words that are spoken bring an impartation and their spirit and life and their strength in you it's the truth of the word of god that sets you free it's john 8:32, the truth that sets you free thank you holy spirit Amen. let's make
0: this real easy let's dismiss now you are dismissed we're going to have the after party here at these altars The second service today is going to be unique because he's going to preach a separate word. You could think of today as a conference if you would like and stay for that service. Otherwise, we'll see you at Life Groups. And if you're giving to their ministry, just make it out to Metro Praise and put their name, Gene and Tisa. How many want to receive some impartation right now? Amen. You are dismissed. Those who are staying, would you give God a hand clap or just everybody give God a hand clap? Amen. Amen. Those who are staying, would you just raise up your hands and say, more, Lord. Come on, more, Lord. Band, would you come, please? We're going to lead in worship. Only band members who are not getting prayed for. I want band members who are getting prayed for to stay where they are at. Thank you for coming. Those who have to go, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful day. But we're going to have an after party right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, Jesus, more, more, God. More, a spiritual Santo, fuego, en el nombre Jesús. More, Lord, more of your power, more of your love. Lord, touch every
3: one of these mothers. You with your love.
0: Jesus, elders and deacons, feel free to start praying for those at the altars. Women with women, men with men. But if you're getting prayed for, stay where you're at. We're not in a hurry. Let's hang out with Jesus. We love you, Lord. After party as you're here, worship, pray. It's not I a man, but the God man the Jesus. Will Jesus will fill you. Jesus will give you that all that you need. You. More, Lord. Fuego. Fire. Fire. We receive it Lord. We receive, it, Lord. we receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Lord. We receive it, Jesus. Every one of our hearts up here, God. There's no
3: end, There's to,
0: no the end to the depths of your, of your love. You love us so much. You every one of these mothers, God, in the name of Jesus.
3: Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.